everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I've already seen new fruits in the supermarket and have no clue how they're supposed to stay good for another two weeks. I mean, are they like super new fruits? Super new fruit fruits? I don't know. I don't know how they're supposed to stay fresh, but I guess we'll find out. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Miriam L. Wallach. I'm the host here at That's Life and, um, yes, the head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can find me here every Thursday right after Allison and right before Yussie's live lunch. A lot of stuff going on. I should mention, first of all, um, First of all, I just want to remind everybody that Leanne Foreman, Leanne Foreman, who was on JM and the AM this morning, um, was on the show discussing this Sunday's event, Sunday, September 18th, Safeguarding Our Families. It's a mental health symposium confronting the reality of addiction in our community. It'll take place at the Mayanote Yeshiva High School, 1650 Palisade Avenue, Teaneck, New Jersey. You can find more information on their website. The registration begins at 9 o'clock in the morning. The first session is at 9.45, which follows the opening remarks. And the second session begins at 10.50. And then Narcan training. You don't think you need it? Please, God, you'll never need it. But should you need it, Narcan training is an essential, essential component um, in helping someone who has experienced an overdose. It's 12 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. Again, This is part of the organization Communities Confronting Substance, (laughs) Communities Confronting Substance Use and Addiction. I'm obviously not laughing at the flyer. I'm just laughing at something that I just noticed. But anyway, um, at the Mayano Yeshiva High School this Sunday, September 18th, and my thanks to Leanne Foreman for joining Nahum this morning and, of course, bringing more light to this important topic here in our community. Let's do the national holidays. Uh, Yeah, there's, you know... Since the last time we spoke, folks, I, I got a year older. Okay, not exactly, but you know what I mean. Yes, it was my birthday last week. My thanks to everyone who wished me a happy birthday. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, Twitter. Thank you, Instagram. Thank you, Cosmos. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. Today, the national holidays are as follows. It's Felt Hat Day. Now, people do not know that Felt Hat Day really starts on Rosh Hashanah. That's true. Now, I'm, I'm sort of making jokes, of course, but the... Um, the Jewish hat season or the Jewish dress, women's women's dress hat season really starts Rosh Hashanah, or as that's what, what um, shall we say, folklore would, would tell us. Anyway, it's also International Dot Day. Don't know what that means. It's International Day of Listening. Yeah, be a good listener. National Cheese Toast Day. The only time I ever see the phrase cheese toast is in Israel. But instead, they don't say grilled cheese. You go to a restaurant and they offer you cheese toasts. It's basically grilled cheese, but today is National Cheese Toast Day. It's also National Neonatal Nurses Day. Doesn't that include our own Chava Siegel? Sort of. She's an OB nurse. All right, she's as close as I know to a neonatal nurse. So shout out to our own Chava Siegel. It's International Kids Cancer Day, and I would mention that uh, Kids Kicking Cancer is an organization that came up recently at work, and a shout-out to everyone involved in that organization and other organizations, including the Emanuel Cancer Foundation, which is uh, in existence here in Bergen County, and everyone who's involved in helping out families and their loved ones who are going through treatments. That is for sure. Let's do... 
that's the noise that you heard before. I didn't realize I was holding my fortune cookie. Let's do the fortune cookies. Yes. All right. Sometimes, you know, the devil's in the details. And in this case, the crinkle is in the details. I'm going to quickly, if I can open the fortune cookie, which at the moment I cannot. This is a superhuman fortune cookie. What is happening here? And then we will get to our guest. All right. So quickly, today's fortune cookie. Good clothes open many doors. Go shopping. Don't mind if I do. This might be the best fortune yet. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I'm incredibly excited to introduce my next guest because this is, to many of us, a completely new initiative, Grow Torah. GrowTorah.org aims to cultivate a more passionate, compassionate, and sustainable future driven by Torah values. Grow Torah develops experiential and environmental Torah education programs for Jewish institutions. Their flagship Shorashim Partnership Program manages and teaches 14 garden programs at 14 Jewish day schools. Grow Torah's newly launched national program, the Anafim Partnership, is active in seven schools across the USA. And joining us this morning is the founder of Grow Torah, Yosef Gillers. Yosef, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Well, thank you for having it all on your website and making it easily accessible. <laughs> I'm so glad you found it. Well, yeah, no, are you kidding me? I Listen, I'm very excited about this organization. Even before I was introduced to it, or I should say the, the person who introduced me to you, shout out to Dr. Penny Joel, actually made yeah. the connection for me because I saw it. Where did I see it first? On Hafter's Instagram. And as a proud Hafter parent, of course, I follow my school and all of a sudden I see our principals and a bunch of beloved teachers and administrators hanging out outside of a garden that I didn't know existed outside of Hafter, where I've been a parent for over two decades. And I said, wait a minute, what is Grow Torah? And it led me to you. So I'm so thrilled to have you this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, that the, build, the day we built that garden was actually a ton of fun. Really, really wonderful, amazing people uh, to work with. And, uh, we, yeah, we had a lot of fun building that garden and learning Torah together. <laughs> well, I'm sure that that's true about a lot of your experiences. So let's start from the beginning. I know that this, because I went through the website, I know that this started from Moshe Babat-Yer. And, of course, anybody who knows anything about Moshe Ba should be like, of course it did. But tell me more about the organization besides what I found on the website. Tell me more and tell me really where this all came from. Okay, so... It really does actually shout out to Moshe uh, Alan Silverman, Tom Spiegelman. Um, my mom, Aleha HaShalom, was a doctor at Moshe I.O. in Honesville, Pennsylvania for about 15 summers. So I spent, I spent the first 15 summers of my life at Moshe Um And the schmutz, if, if anyone knows the schmutz, <laughs> that was like that was like a Gillard's family camping trip light. And so after Moshe my parents would take us on a two-week uh, camping trip, usually within driving distance of our hometown, Boston, uh, Newton, Mass. Um, we'd go hiking, camping, canoeing, backpacking. Uh, I hiked Mount Washington when I was five years old in New Hampshire, oh which is fun. Um, and I hiked and skied it when I was 15 years old, which was delightful. That's crazy. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it really, it really all starts there. So I had to my parents, um, for, for the amazing introduction and love of the outdoors. And I'm the youngest of six. So back at home on, the re- on a regular basis, um, we had a garden and we would spend our Sundays out there with my mom. 
on my dad, sometimes enjoying it, but usually not. But you know, habami lolishma, balishma. It clearly, it clearly worked in that case in, in both the gardening and the Torah. Um, uh, and and we had a compost growing up, and so I'm the youngest, so I got stuck taking the compost out all the time. So you you could say that it was all the compost, just taking taking food scraps and bringing it out to the stinky pile out back to turn it back into fertilizer for the garden. That habit, that ritual, that forced work, you could say, <laughs> uh, had a really positive impact. And so um, if you want to go way back, I'd say those are some of the key peak experiences that my parents gave me that helped instill a love of nature and a love and appreciation for, for what goes into growing our food and uh, and making those special connections with, with family and with friends and, and learning together. So then how does that, how, how does that, parlay itself into grow Torah where did they where did the where did the connection how did that move sure so we'll, we'll, we'll fast forward I did my undergraduate degree out in St. Louis at Washington University in environmental studies and it was right around the let's move campaign from the Obamas and the school gardens were kind of popping up all over the country in public schools and there were plenty of Jewish school garden programs um, not a ton in the Orthodox community but there were there were a few and I wanted to bring my passions together of, of experiential, of, of nature-based education and, and gardens. And um, in the summers, I've been working at this amazing summer camp called Yagilu. I, I took a little break from Moshaba. Oh, you went to Morasha. So it was before it was at Morasha, Yagilu was at Dora Golden. You know this stuff. This is amazing. Hey, man, uh, I did my homework. No, I'm just kidding. You did your homework. <laughs> so Yagilu, Rabbi Tani Pero, the director of Camp Yagilu, he is an absolutely fantastic experiential Jewish educator. The experiences and the transformation we were able to help students go through, campers go through in one month at his wilderness camp, we're hiking, we're building a roofs, we're spending Shabbos in the woods, we're building tree houses with bare hands, you know, with logs and ropes. Seeing the incredible experience that we could bring there, I said, okay, I love, I love getting to do this as a, as a hands-on Jewish educator, really bringing kids these experiences and nature. How do I bring my environmental studies degree, my summer camp work, from my years at Mosheva, from my, my, my five summers with Tani together um, at Yagilu? And um, I, I worked with this organization called Amir doing summer camp gardens at mostly non-Orthodox summer camps, and that was a really cool experience. And that's what brought us to Moshe Vabair. We brought it to Moshe Vabair. They said, ah, Gillers, let's do a garden. I said, let's do it. And uh, and that's on the campus of the Yeshivat Frisch, the Frisch School in Paramus, New Jersey. And so knocked on Rabbi Senior, the principal, I knocked on his door and said, we're going to start a garden in the camp. Can we pilot this idea I have for bringing it into the schools? And he said, sure, let's do it. That sounds amazing. And thank God. That was successful in 2014, and it's word spread. And uh, thank God, now we're at 20. We're actually about 24 schools. Uh, the, the stats you mentioned, we we added a few since since uh, since that. We have to update our website. Quickly. Yeah, but okay. So now I I get the whole background. So now take us to <laughs> what happens with the garden. You you bring a garden or you build a garden in a school for a school. What is the goal? Amazing. The goal is to help the students experience nature. So if I could take every single Yeshiva Day School student hiking in the mountains, I would also do that. That's a little trickier. We could, and, we, and, and there's some places where we help facilitate some field trips for hiking. But 
we can bring nature into the schools by planting a garden. And they're able to see a little micro ecosystem to understand what it means to take care of and to protect. This is their little piece of, of nature. They have to take care of, they have to steward. And they also get to experience that awe and the wonder seeing a seed get planted in the ground, get covered up and then sprout and turn into this beautiful plant. And I'm actually sitting here with this week's harvest, which I'm going to be donating um, to the local food pantry uh, in, in Teaneck, the corner market. Um, I'm sitting and there's this two foot long zucchini that I harvested. And when I picked it with the students today at Frisch and the teachers, they were like, there's no way that looks fake. That's unbelievable. I said, that is why we make bracha of Borei Priyadamat. Thank you, Hashem, for this miracle that I'm holding in my hand. That's amazing. So basically, we're, we're actually trying to make this very real for kids. We're making all these yeah. brachot. We're making brachot on, on fruits and vegetables and wine and, and so many different things that, we, that they consume every single day. But there's a disconnect, right? We have urban kids. We're not all farmers. And exactly. besides you, I really don't know a farmer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, You'll get to meet the rest of the team pretty soon. Of course. So you'll, you'll know a few more farmers. Of course, because I, we will discuss in a second the upcoming event this Sunday that my That's husband fine. right, that my husband and I are looking forward to attending. And my thanks again to Dr. Penny Joel for sending me that invite and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know the people at Grow Torah. I've got to learn more about these people. That's how this whole interview happened. But I understand the disconnect. I really do. Number one, as, as a parent in the five towns or, frankly, in the New York area, yeah. We are limited to the kinds of opportunities we can bring our children to to help them interact and understand where, for example, where our food comes from and therefore why we make a bracha on it. It's, it's one of the reasons, ironically enough, which I'm sure you get. It's one of the reasons that uh, we take our kids apple picking every year. And for, and for years, of course, it's one of those activities my kids can't stand they hate cake they can't stand it we don't want to go we don't want to go they scream the whole way there and then we go and if even if apple picking takes 15 minutes it's totally worthwhile because i'm like do you see that the apple comes from a tree do you see that the apple does not come from a bin in gourmet glot like the apple had to come from somewhere else that disconnect is something that we're trying to we're trying to bridge that gap by taking our kids apple picking you on the other hand are bridging that gap by building gardens in schools Yes, exactly. And, and you know, you, you said this from our website, so thank you for using our language. It's experiential Torah and environmental Torah. And for us, they're one and the same. Appreciating our responsibility towards, the, towards nature, towards the world from an environmental standpoint comes from the Torah. But getting to the point where you feel that sense of responsibility only, only happens when you've developed a love and appreciation. It's, it's a psychological concept. You can't get to a commitment before appreciation. And so, you know, with all the mitzvos, we want to build a love, you know, the thank you Hashem movement, and we want to build a love for Hashem and an appreciation, hakar satov, it's what it means, Yehudi's lashon hoda'a, appreciation. We're starting from appreciation before we get to any commitment. And then we get to a place where we can understand, okay, this is this beautiful natural world that we've inherited, and we need to make sure we take care of it to give it to our children and our children's children and uh, you know abias mashiach amazing absolutely amazing growtorah dot it's dot org right dot org yes. right growtorah.org is where you can find more information on the organization tell me where the schools are located that you're already involved with so baruch hashem we are national um our 
we we have if you go to the website slash partners we even have a google map with our logo in every city we're in uh we're in atlanta chicago washington dc baltimore philadelphia um we've got uh we've got lots more and then we've got the whole new york area as well uh, <laughs> and Yosef Killers, uh, you are not you are not composting for each one of these gardens. So who is your team? Amazing. So we have a team of five full time staff right now. Four of us are educators. One of us is our operations director, fully remote, Alyssa. She's amazing. Um, and so the way it works is the teachers will teach in the schools for those in the New York area. So um, I, I I'm not going to be able to list all of them right now, but <laughs> and I don't want to leave anyone out. Of course not. Um, but take Hafter, for example. So Hafter is part of our Anafim uh, uh, program. And so Eliza Lauer, thank you, Eliza. Thank you, Eliza. She joined our summer training this summer that my co-executive director, Sarah Just Michael, ran. And it was, an, it was an online training going through the weekly Parsha. We have a lesson for every single Parsha of the year. And also crop planning and the garden logistics, all of that, all in one. And so she planned it out. And part of that is also figuring out how you want to implement a composting system in your school. And so each school takes on what's reasonable for them in year one, year two, year three. Um, I don't know the exact specifics of what Elisa's plan is for composting, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but it's really exciting because we get to turn that, the food scraps from the garden back into fertilizer for the garden. Okay, so I know that there are going to be people listening to this. I mean, people are listening to this interview, Yosef Gillers, and they're saying, okay, so now that the kids see where the food grows from, now what? Yeah. That is one lesson. They get it. Two plus two equals four. They understand the carrot yeah. comes from the ground and they're making a bari priya daman. We're calling it a day. Why do we need a whole garden? Amazing. So, um, and how do we bring this into every single parsha? Correct. So yeah. So we... Our whole curricular approach is based off of four core values, and we kind of everything kind of ladders up into those or is anchored on those values. So there's number one is incubating emuna, giving the sense of awe. I would argue if that was all we ever did, Dayenu, that would that would still be a meaningful venture <laughs> to just give kids a sense of appreciation. But that's just one. Number two is environmental stewardship, helping to appreciate our role in taking care of the earth from a Torah standpoint. And so everything else that, that comes into that. Um, and again, if that was all that we did, great. Number three is cultivating compassion for all creatures. And so this is actually really cool. We're, we're one of our newest hires, uh, a a graduate of GPOX. Uh, nice. Sure. Yes. So she, um, she is actually going to be helping us create an SEL curriculum, a social and emotional learning curriculum that's kind of tied into the Midos that we're teaching. So some a lesson that I've been teaching since my first year teaching in gardens is when you have a trellis, which is like a support structure for one for a plant. Um, so let's say cucumbers like to climb up a trellis. How can we be a trellis for our friends? How can we support our friends? Mm. Why? Does, what does a cucumber need that the, that this plant is that that the trellis is is providing for it? So we're, we're, we're basically living, Michelle, and we're living analogies and metaphors and experiencing them in the garden. So that's part of cultivating compassion for creatures. And then the other part is also understanding the non-human creatures, appreciating the, the benefit and the need for pollinators and the role that they have in the ecosystem. So that's cultivating compassion for creatures, number three. And number four, this is really answering your carrot question, is living tzedakah, peya, leket, shichacha, maaser. All those halachos don't apply in New York for the most part. Right. <laughs> However, mm. 
you can you can map out what your payout is going to be in the box in your garden box. It, you know, it's 160th, 150th, 140th in the mission. So what does that look like? What do you want it to be? Hey guys, let's discuss how much do we want to donate from our garden to the local food pantry? And we get to have those amazing conversations, learn about these halachos. This year, we've got a few more weeks left of it. It's a Shemitah year. Right. And actually, what's really cool about Shemitah is the different times it's mentioned throughout the Torah, it focuses on, and the way we teach it is a different one of those elements. There's Shemitah Hashem, there's Shemitah La'aretz, there's Shemitah La'anim, and there's Shemitah La'abahimot. All of those various entities are recipients, so to speak, of the benefits of the Shemitah year. And so... We're also exploring that for another three weeks, and we'll probably we'll probably go throughout the fall, you know, seeing what what the garden looks like after Shemitah. Was there um, was was it better? And I mean this sincerely. Was it better to have like the Shemitah talks this year, or you had plenty to work with without it? Like, was there an additive, have, or it was just like a bonus? It was very much an additive, and it it sometimes pushed away our regular lessons, which mm. is fine because thank God we have plenty. Um, but you know, in a in a normal lesson, let's say we would want to hit one or two one or two key points. We were adding in the third of oh, we also want to make sure we get shmita in, um, and because the classes come out on a rotation, you know, it's a specialty, and so uh, depending on the school's particular arrangement, how often the students are coming, we want to make sure they're coming to the garden just a few times this year that we really drive home the lessons of shmita and have those peak experiences with them. Wow, around shmita. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. GrowTorah.org. So tell us, Yosef, we have just a few minutes left and I know the event is coming up this Sunday and I want to make sure that people who are interested can come get involved. I mean, they're not just going to come and and look at carrots. I mean, they're going to learn and they're going to, are we getting, are we rolling up our sleeves and getting in the dirt is basically what I need to know. Um, So uh, Miriam, since you're attending, you will be getting an email from me that tells you, do not wear heels to the event. Oh, well, um, I'm happy we, are... we spoke, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my board members, one of our board members has already told me she is wearing heels with full knowledge that it is her own fault and she will not uh, hold it against us. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, Amazing. It is, it is a working farm. The dinner is happening. It's called the Harvest Feast. It is the Mirtashem happening this Sunday night at 6 p.m. at Cropsey Community Farm. It is the location where we hold our camp. We also, I didn't even mention. Oh, any we programs, camp. Right. Quickly heard, mention you know, the camp. We were just talking about church. And we'll, we'll talk about camp. But the dinner is at, it's in New City, New York. Um, Cropsy Community Farm is this amazing, beautiful, organic farm in the heart of New City. And they run incredible programs for the whole community. It is part of the Rockland Farm Alliance. And they're, they're not a Jewish organization, but we love, they, they love to work with us. We love to work with them, to partner with them. And um, and uh, they have their own summer camp the rest of the summer. We they, they let us use the space for the last two weeks of August. And so it's really a beautiful partnership. We're talking about some other programs throughout the rest of the year. But this dinner, this Sunday night, so you're going to get to hang out with the goats and the chickens that they have over there. They're adorable. We're going to be making our own herbal honey infusions for Rosh Hashanah with some simanim. You know, we're going to pick some fresh thyme. And we'll get to write our own Simon, our own little puns about time. You want to have a good time. You want to be blessed with more time, whatever you want. It to be. Okay. Um, we're going to be picking our own herbs and making uh, besamin bundles. And then we'll be guiding people through farm tours around the whole farm. It's about a 20-acre property. Okay. Um, so, so I really am wearing flats. You really are yeah, wearing flats. I hear you. Boots, which is why the attire for the event, as listed on the invitation, is farm chic. 
Yes. Um, I'll also be sending a mood board for you, Miriam, uh, in, in the email to all yes. attendees. That would be helpful. That, like. that would be helpful because farm flowery sheet. Dress, flowery dress and, and blundstones is kind of the, the example. Okay. Um, yeah, because Farm Chic, I got to tell you, doesn't come up on too many invites. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, most of what Grotora does doesn't come up on too many invites. That's a fair point. So, again, it's called Harvest Feast. It's taking place Harvest this Feast. Sunday. You can get more this information Sunday. at grotora.org. Sunday, 9-18. That's the 18th of September. This Sunday, 6 p.m. in and, New City, New York. And, Miriam, what I just mentioned is just the first hour of the evening. There's There's... There's Mincha Basadeh, there's Chila Basadeh. There's a whole dinner catered by Moss Cafe uh, in Riverdale. Or, you know, local, right. amazing food, ethical eatery, amazing food. Right. Um, and, uh, Yosef, if so, this yeah. ends, if this ends with you and I going backpacking up Mount Washington, I'm, I got to tell you, it, that's not something anybody can predict. That's not where the evening so is going, is it? Well, the end of the night, I don't think we're going to start a night hike, but okay, honestly, fair. I will bring headlamps. <laughs> we're pretty close to Harriman State Park, and I, I love a good night hike. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, you will be <laughs> Yosef party of one because Miriam is not joining you on that. But I can't wait to but meet you in person. Other, there's 100 other people coming. So, yes, you know, and those be. 99 people, actually, Stephen's not going to do it with you. We think The other 98 people are really very excited about your night hike, but the Wallachs will be exiting <laughs> stage left. Anyway, growtorah.org. Yosef, you are absolutely a fantastic guest. This is a wonderful organization. I can't wait to meet you in person on Sunday. And continued Hatzlacha and and I'm a big, big lover of experiential education. I'm also a big lover of anything having to do with Penny Joel. So really, this was this this relationship was meant to be. And I thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to see you and wear boots. Yes, wear boots indeed. <laughs> Have a great day, Yosef. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. A full day of programming continues. Yussi Zweig's live lunch will begin in just a few moments. And, of course, we have don't I mean, we always say it. Don't touch that virtual dial. And truth be told, this is no different at all. The Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Samick begins at 7 p.m. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem. You don't want to miss a moment. And then, of course, tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts. J.M. in the A.M., 6 a.m. Sunday morning. And, of course, the um, Arab Shabbos music mix continues up until candlelighting here in the New York area. Saturday Night Seagull brought to you. Sorry, Saturday Night Seagull hosted by Avrami starts 9 p.m. Eastern time. Matis with J.M. Sunday. I mean, I don't know what to say. He's got his track record is just continually unbelievable. Starts tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. What did I say? Uh-huh. Sunday morning. Yes, that would be great. He's not on tomorrow morning. Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. I close today with a new release by Uri Greenwald called Sedek Tzedek Tirdof. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> 